Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. This is Can't Trust Anyone, a true crime podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Saley. I'm Darian. Hey, how are you? <laughs> hey, girl. <laughs> I, I'm hanging on. Girl, I know you're under the weather. Ugh. I, I am under the weather, girl. I'm I'm under the weather. I'm under the ocean. Like, <laughs> I <laughs> I'm pretty sure, very very positive, um, that I have a sinus infection. She Ugh. is, she's speeding up. Um, mm-hmm. I'll probably be um at zero tomorrow. Oh my gosh! Well, I I'm gonna pray for you. <laughs> I feel like Thank that's you. all we need right now oh my gosh and this cold weather I'm telling you this cold weather is not everyone around me is getting sick at this point I am just gonna wrap myself up in bubble wrap and stay home that's what everybody needs to do and then on top of it why is it almost warm outside today that's what I'm saying like where girl I was earlier like you know just doing some errands taking out some trash and I was able to be outside in a short sleeve (laughs) what is going on right now this is this is weird I don't like it (laughs) like what's new what's tomorrow's gonna be snowing and then the next day we're gonna be tank tops and that's what I'm girl okay so I'm gonna throw it over to you for the question of the day I'm ready yes okay so if there was a zombie apocalypse Uh which three people would be on your team in general, like celebrities, everybody, right? Every everybody. Mm-hmm. Okay, so three <laughs> people on my team. Number one, The Rock. <laughs> Dwayne Johnson, girl, <laughs> girl, he is ginormous. He's got my back, literally. Like I, number one. Okay, number two. Um, I would probably say Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> another just like really big dude and I would say for number three um I low-key want to say um what's his name I'm over here drawing a Blake Elon Elon Musk That's even because girl I guarantee you he could probably build something to get us out of it <laughs> Elon Musk he's gonna build us a Tesla that... he's gonna build something oh my god that is so hilarious. Okay. What are well, your three people? <laughs> mine, we had the same person, Mr. Dwayne Johnson. Okay. Like he's gonna he's gonna get us out of any type of situation. Okay, he's gonna he's gonna there will be no zombie apocalypse. That's what I'm okay. saying. Like, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, number two, um, y'all don't come for me if I mispronounce her name. Shakari Richardson. Oh, are you talking about um the track runner, right? The track she is going yes. to zoom us. Okay, we just gotta jump on her back. Mm, I was just she about is to going say. to zoom us out of there. Yeah, and and she looks really strong, so I know she could pick us up and run, no problem. <laughs> That's a really good one, actually. Oh, okay, okay. Yes. Now I'm curious, what's your number three? My third one. Okay, it's gonna have to be Mr. Michael Phelps. Okay. He is going to swim us out. Okay, we're going to drive down to the beach just in time. He is going to swim us out. 
Okay. I was just about to say, like, how, how would you even know there's a body of water nearby? But I'm sure he could find one. <laughs> I feel like it's in his bone marrow that he would be able to sense a body of water and <laughs> get us out. Mm-hmm. A girl, not the bone marrow. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Those are my three people. <laughs> no, honestly, um, I, I feel like you have a pretty, pretty solid team. Um, yes. I, I think we're good, girl. I think we're good. I'm going to say, I don't even have to worry about having my own weapons or nothing with my people we're set we're set we're We're good zombie apocalypse who not here not here (laughs) oh man okay i'm gonna pivot us over to our case of the day so the one i have today buckle in this is an unsolved disappearance Mm. they always give me the heebie-jeebies Okay. I I'm just gonna give you um, a quick little top line, and okay. then we're gonna jump into it. So the story I have is of Bryce Laspisa, um, and this is the case of 19-year-old Bryce Laspisa and what led up to his disappearance on August 30th, 2013. Mm, okay. Off off the bat, does that name ring a bell? Have you heard of that name? Uh, it does not sound familiar. Mm-mm. Okay. Okay. Because it, it is, you know, it is it is a little bit, I don't think it's that common, um, especially his last name, Las Pisa. Um, well, now I feel yeah. bad because I should know. Girl, no. Uh-uh. I'm gonna say, you don't have to be an encyclopedia. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> it is all good. That's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here for, to tell you. Yes. Okay. All right. Let's jump into it. Okay, so I am going to just give you a little bit of backstory on Bryce himself. So Bryce David Lespisa grew up in Naperville, Illinois, um, which is a suburb of Chicago, and he was the only child of a small but loving family. Bryce was described as intelligent, happy, and outgoing. He was a gifted artist from a young age, and he loved drawing. He was also an avid gamer and particularly enjoyed playing Xbox. So Bryce was known to do very well in school. He always got very good grades and was well-liked by his classmates. His father, Michael, said he is such a social guy. He had lots of friends and would hang out with them often. His mother, Karen, added, he would talk to us about any subject, an open book. We always say that he gets that from his mom because I'm an open book and it was always just very easy. All right. So after Bryce's parents, Karen and Michael, retired, they decided they wanted to move to California. And when Bryce graduated high school in 2012, that's what the family ended up doing, ultimately settling in Laguna Niguel, a beach town in Orange County, California. Have you have you heard of that place at all, Laguna Niguel? Of course, I've heard of Laguna Beach. Yeah. Wait, that's not the same thing. 
I don't think so. Um, it L- Laguna Niguel is a beach town. I think Laguna Beach is something different. <laughs> then no, I was gonna say don't don't quote me on that, girl. Um, because yeah, I, I'm almost positive it's two different places. Mm, never mind. It it was where they did end up moving to Laguna Niguel. It it was a beach town, but it was on the smaller side in Orange County. Got you. Okay. Yeah. So. Not too long after him and Bryce and his family moved to Laguna Niguel, Bryce left home and began attending Sierra College in Rockland, which is approximately seven hours north of Laguna Niguel. Hmm. So, I mean, just off of, you know, the description of Bryce, you know, how he was, his family, I mean, you know, he was pretty average you know everybody had fairly good things to say about him just your normal everyday person right yeah it's giving you know (laughs) I I feel like I I I can tell what's gonna happen I can feel what's gonna happen Mm -hmm. but it's giving like I don't know why this popped into my mind home alone why did that come into my mind Oh, okay. In what sense? Like, the parents are just so um, so absent, mm-hmm. and it's giving like, oh, you know, we have a normal life, and you know, our child, you know, they do well, and you know, we do well as the parents. But there's like a disconnect somewhere. Hmm. Okay. Why am I feeling that? And we haven't even gotten into anything. No, that's am interesting. I- I mean, maybe maybe it could be this the the thing with him being an only child, mm. um, you know, because it typically people say that if it's an only child, like obviously with them being the only kid, they get a lot of attention. They pretty much get everything they want. Um, but I feel like it could also go the other way with them being an only child. You know, sometimes, especially at this point, Bryce already you know left home, went to college seven hours away from his family home, you know, I could see how they maybe started, you know, just growing distant. Bryce is starting to become independent. Mm -hmm. So I could see that. (laughs) So it was reported that Bryce's freshman year at Sierra College went smoothly. He studied graphic and industrial design, and he became good friends with his roommate, Sean Dixon. And around that time, he started dating another student named Kim Sly. So as the summer of 2013 approached, those friends, classmates closest to him noticed that he was starting to drink heavily. Mm, mm. You know, it, it could be the stress of freshman year. Girl, fresh, okay. You need to go to the gym, okay, and work that stress off, okay? We don't we don't drink, um, mm-hmm. you know, fresh into college. Um, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so not only was he also drinking heavily, um, at this point, Bryce was 19 years old, and he also began using Vyvanse, um, which is an amphetamine commonly used to treat ADHD and binge eating disorder. What? I don't, I don't know too much about Vyvanse. Um, 
I, I, basically, it was reported they're not even really sure where he got the medication from. He didn't have a prescription for it. So it's very unclear as to where he got it. But he reportedly started taking the Vyvanse, also known as a psychostimulant, supposedly because he wanted to stay up later playing video games. Girl, not um, him wanting to stay up to play 2K. (laughs) It's like you can't. I mean, what's what's that other one that I know a lot of people take, you know, maybe to like help study or something. Um, I'm trying to blank right now, but. I mean, it's it's one thing if you're like, okay, I'm in school, like I got to stay up for a test. But his sole reason for taking it was to stay up and play video games, allegedly. So he wanted to stay up late to play Call of Duty. Okay, and then, and then what? The, so I, I looked it up because I wanted to know a little bit more about Vyvanse. And the potential side effects of Vyvanse include headache, dizziness, racing hearts, hallucinations, nausea, trouble sleeping, and irritability. Mm. Um, and mind you, he at the, the, the time when he was taking Vyvanse, he was also drinking heavily. Oh my gosh. Okay. You know, so combining that with alcohol, as on several reports, can be pretty problematic. Like, like you said, where where was where did he get this from? Right, I could like, not. That's why I'm like, maybe he got it from a friend. Um, I mean, he didn't get it from like a doctor. Like he didn't have a prescription for it. So I don't know if maybe like he bought it on the street. A friend helped him out. Who knows? I'm not sure where he got it from. Mm. Okay. Okay. So. You know, with everything going on with the Vyvanse and the drinking, by late August 2013, Bryce began to display troubling and uncharacteristic behavior. Mm. Very unfortunate. Um, not not surprising, being the cocktail that he was making himself. But you know, it's very unfortunate. Oh my god. Okay. I mean, yeah, not surprising. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, towards the end of August 2013, out of the blue, Bryce gifted his Xbox and a pair of diamond earrings, which were a gift from his mom, to his roommate, Sean. (laughs) Out of the blue, gave him these nice diamond earrings and an Xbox, which, as I said, he was huge into video gaming. You know, for him to gift away something like that was a little concerning, yeah, that's like a newborn. Right. To, you know, gamers. Um okay. Yeah, he he was he was going downhill to do that. Yeah, so not only did he gift his roommate Sean these things, he also sent Sean a very cryptic text message that read, "I love you, bro. Seriously." You're the best person I've ever met. You saved my soul. What? Isn't that creepy? All of this was out of the blue, like randomly. Out of the blue towards the end of August 2013. (sighs) Like. 
I don't have a comment. I mean, nothing was leading up to that. And he just woke up one morning and decided to do that. What was, what was um, his roommate's response? So um, August 28th, 2013, Sean called Bryce's mother to express his concerns. Like, I mean, it was just completely out of the normal, you know, for Bryce to be acting like this, for him to just randomly gift away nice, expensive things. And then that really weird text message, mm-hmm. he on. I guess he was concerned enough to actually call his mom, to call Bryce's mom. Mm. So what I don't know, he's I would have been like he's having a a breakdown. Right. I guess he's having an episode. Like I don't know what's going on right now. So yeah, that's that's very odd. So after Sean contacted her, Karen, Bryce's mom, Karen called Bryce to check in on him. At the time when Karen called Bryce, he Bryce was at Kim's house and Kim was his girlfriend at the time, right? Mm-hmm. And they were actually at Kim's house fighting over the keys to Bryce's car. What? Kim had taken the keys away from Bryce as she didn't think he should be driving based on his unusual behavior. Mm. So they're literally in the middle of fighting. And then Karen, Bryce's mom, calls. Um, and, you know, I guess she hears a commotion. And Bryce explains to his mom, like, don't listen to Kim. She's just upset because I just broke up with her. Mm. So that was another thing that was just out of the blue. Just abruptly out of the blue broke up with his girlfriend. And, you know, nobody reported that they were having any issues in their relationship. That is... No comment. Mm-hmm. No comment. So Karen, Bryce's mom, actually told Kim, you know, give him back the keys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I maybe she figured like, okay, you know, maybe Kim is being a little over the top because as Bryce said, she's upset since he just broke up with her. So she told Kim, give my son the keys. And Bryce continued talking to Karen on the phone. And Bryce said he had something he wanted to tell his parents and was planning to drive home. So I don't, being that this was late August, I don't know if it was like a break from school. I don't know if they were like on a summer break or if he just planned to maybe just drive home over the weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, But ultimately he told his mom, I want to talk to you guys about something. I'm going to drive home. And this is what Bryce's mom, Karen, said. Um, Part of the conversation was, she said, Bryce, I'm worried. Let me come up there tomorrow. Let me fly up there. And Bryce said, Mom, no. Don't make any airline reservations until I talk to you because I have a lot to talk to you about. What? Very cryptic again. Like, what is this? Right? Like, first, that weird text message that he sent his roommate, right? Right. And now he's being really vague with his parents. Like, hey, you know, like, I'm, I'm coming up there. I got to talk to you guys about something. Um, 
his mom was, of course, you know, like, well, what is it? Like, what do you have to talk to us about? And he was like, don't worry. Like, I just got to talk to you guys about something. Um, his mom even offered to fly up there. But he's like, no, 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 don't do that. Because I have a lot to talk to you about. Like, what are you? Okay. Just a little weird. I'd have been like, no, you you need to say what you need to say right now and stop with this weird scavenger hunt, like weird uh, subliminal. I don't know. I don't like that. I hate when people do that. Just tell me what you need to tell me mm-hmm. and stop playing games. I Girl, I was thinking, I, <laughs> I was going to say there is no bigger pet peeve to me when someone's like oh like I gotta I gotta tell you something or like we gotta talk because um (laughs) I don't care if I'm in the middle of like climbing a mountain or something I will drop what I'm doing (laughs) don't sit here look look I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and put my own mother on blast real quick Mm -hmm. if you're hearing this I'm sorry but (laughs) she used to always do that she would always be like oh um remind me later to tell you something okay no tell me now (laughs) I'm not reminding you later. Tell me right now. The, Tell the me stress. Now. And say most of the time it was nothing crazy. It was just, you know, like, hey, can you help me with like some, I don't know, like something around the house. It's like, you couldn't just tell me that. I'm sitting here stressed out for three hours until later comes. Like, just tell me. I'm stressed. I'm breaking out in hives. That, that um, okay. Well, this this young man, you know, playing games with his his parents mm-hmm. I mean I, I'm really hoping that whatever it is that he need, I'm hoping that it's something serious okay I would say so because I mean the the urgency that he apparently had according to his mother Karen you know the fact that he was adamant on talking to them in person I, I, would, right. I would say it was, it was pretty serious um, and like I said, he his college was seven hours from their childhood home, like or not the childhood home, but the the home that they moved to, Laguna Niguel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I I can only imagine the stress that Karen and Michael, the parents, were feeling. Like, what is he like? What is all the secrecy about? Like, just spill the beans. <sighs> okay. So. Over this phone call that Bryce, you know, was having with his mom, Karen, he mm-hmm. maintained that he was fine. And as I mentioned, ultimately, Karen convinced Kim, you know, his now ex-girlfriend, to give him back his keys. So at this point, he was still at Kim's house. Um, but after he finished the conversation with his mom, Karen, he left Kim's house at around 1130 p.m claiming that he was going back to his apartment so you know it was just assumed at that point he's going back to his apartment to I guess you know pack a bag and make his way back to his parents house Mm -hmm. okay okay so in the early morning hours of August 29th Karen missed a call from Bryce she assumed that he was just calling to let her know that he was back in his apartment However, it was later revealed that his cell phone pinged hours away from his apartment. Mm. 
Okay. You know, so he left Kim's apartment the night before, almost at midnight. Right. You know, telling, I guess, Kim, telling his mom, like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm going back to my apartment. Um, it's assumed that he was most likely going to leave the next day, August 29th. But when Karen, I, I couldn't find the report on exactly what time she missed the call from Bryce, but the report just shows it was the early morning hours. Mm. she saw a missed call from him you know she assumed that it was him like hey mom I made it back to my apartment um but it turns out that he wasn't even anywhere near his apartment at this time so crazy okay so fast forward a little bit 11 a.m 11 in the morning on that same day August 29th Karen and Michael the parents received a phone call from their insurance company (laughs) notifying them that Bryce had called roadside assistance earlier that morning. As it turned out, Bryce needed help because he'd run out of gas in Button Willow, which is the halfway point between his apartment in Rockland and the family's home in Laguna Niguel. So Christian an employee of Castro Tire and Truck Services had delivered three gallons of gas to Bryce at 9 a.m. Okay, so recap here. Early, early morning hours of August 29th, Karen saw a missed call from Bryce. She wasn't really sure what the call was for. You know, there was no voicemail, just a missed call. And 11 o'clock that very same day, the parents received a phone call from the insurance company um, because I guess Bryce had run out of gas. And again, this was in Button Willow. So this was the halfway point between his apartment in Rockland and the family's home in Laguna Niguel. So it would be assumed that he was already making his way back home to Laguna Niguel, right? Right. Um, Mm. so So the last timestamp we have right now is Christian, the employee of this um, truck service place gave gas to Bryce at around 9 a.m. So at this point, his parents assumed that he was on his way home. But by noon, when Bryce still hadn't shown up, Karen called the insurance company and asked to be put in touch with Christian. Christian, the employee that helped Bryce with the gas earlier that morning, right? Mm -hmm. Much to Karen's relief, Christian offered to return to Button Willow and check on Bryce to see if he was still in the area. Oddly, Christian found that Bryce was in exactly the same spot he was hours before. And his eyes looked a little bit red. What is this? He, I, I guess after Christian told him, like, hey, man, you know, I, I just got off the phone with your mom. She's worried. Like, you're supposed to be on the way home. He told Christian, like, all right, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll call my mom. And he did. Like, with Christian standing there, Bryce called his mother and assured his mom that he would be home by 3 o'clock. Like, that's probably what the GPS was saying. He should have been home by 3. Right. I, 
what are you thinking <laughs> i'm not i'm thinking like what is going on like isn't that so christian like i said the employee of the tire and truck services he delivered the gas to bryce at 9 a.m and when he went back to check you know after bryce's mom karen had called this mm-hmm. was around 12 this was like three hours later and he was in the exact same spot right and the way Christian described it, like he was, he was just sitting in his car in silence. Sitting in his car in silence. And his eyes were a little red. Okay. Like, um, I mean, who do we call? Do we call, you know, Ghostbusters? (laughs) Do we call like, I mean, this he's sitting he's been sitting in his car for three hours yeah like doing nothing just just sitting there and that was acceptable beyond beyond weird um and his eyes were red and stuff like his eyes were red so like i said bryce called his mom because Christian pretty much told him to. <laughs> and he told his mom he would be home by three. So three o'clock comes. Three thirty comes. Four o'clock comes. <laughs> Bryce didn't show up at the house. Oh my God. Karen called him multiple times, but no response. You know, just ring and ring and ring. No, no answer. At 6 p.m. After several hours with no word from Bryce, his parents reported him missing. Mm. So, you know, at this point, the the police jump in. um, They pinged Bryce's cell phone and they learned that he was still in Buttonwillow. Oh, my God. Yeah. And they they pinged his cell phone. They tracked him to Buttonwillow and they found him parked on the side of the road. Just eight eight miles away from his last known location where Christian had assisted him. Parked on the side of the road. So it seems like after Christian went up to him the second time around 12 to tell him like, hey, like your mom's worried about you. You should call her. Mm-hmm. And he called his mom that time. He's like, I'll be home around three. He did leave. But he only drove about eight miles up the road and then pulled over on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't. Okay, first question. Why? Second question. Is he. I mean, was he. He, he was sober. He was completely sober. As of now. Yes, that's what that's what we would think. Yeah, because I'm like this. These are actions of someone who is drunk or high, like just not a hundred percent there, right? Yeah, it's just it's just bizarre, just bizarre. Um, they, like I said, when the police found him in Button Willow, it it was the same kind of scenario that Christian had explained when he found Bryce earlier that day around twelve. Bryce was again just sitting in his car in silence. <laughs> I am 
I am not laughing at him. I'm laughing because I'm like, if I if I was experiencing okay, if I was experiencing this, mm-hmm. this like how would I think? Like he has been sitting in his car this entire time, just silent, staring off into the void. Like, I mean, it it would freak me out. I'm it not would gonna freak lie. me like, out. It would freak me out. Like, what is going on? Do we need to like? Is something happening? Like, is he? I don't know. Is he in the process of like? Is he about to do something? Is he? All these questions would be going through my mind. I am beyond concerned that likely he was sober. Yeah. There was nothing going on as far as like impairment. But it's like, I I need to understand why nobody was concerned. To me, it's, you know, it's one of those things where I I say all the time, judgment-free zone. I'm not blaming anybody here. Mm -hmm. But if I were Christian, you know, the guy from the, from the tire shop that Mm -hmm. delivered gas to Christ, the first time, you know, I helped him out 9 a.m., when I showed up three hours later at 12 because his mom called concern and I found him in the exact same spot, you know, as Christian said, his eyes were red. He was just sitting in silence. Like in hindsight, I think I would have been like, I would have probably called for help at that point. Like something is off. Exactly. You know, but it's one of those things where you, you don't ever want to think that, um, Again, like this is a complete stranger. Like you're just kind of checking on him because his mom is concerned. So I could see how, you know, maybe Christian was like, I'm not going to get involved. Like I, you know, and mind you, he spoke to Bryce and he saw Bryce call his mother, Karen, and tell him like, yeah, mom, like, uh, you know, I'll be there by three. And at that point, Bryce probably pulled off and left. You know, unbeknownst to Christian, he only drove eight miles up the road and pulled over. But in Christian's eyes, he left and he was gone. You know, Mm -hmm. so I can understand why he wasn't, I guess, concerned to the point where he was like, okay, I should call for help. But it's weird. It's definitely weird. So at this point, this is when the police pinged Bryce's cell phone. They learned he was still on Button Willow, found him parked on the side of the road. Deputy Hernandez was the one on scene and he spoke to Bryce because Bryce was just in his car. He spoke to Bryce and let him know that his parents were very concerned about him and had actually reported him missing. According to Deputy Hernandez, Bryce seemed lucid and perfectly fine, explaining that he was simply relaxing and letting off steam by sitting there. Hmm. I okay okay I mean Mm -hmm. I that would have been the biggest red flag ever for me yes what do you mean you're letting off steam what are you letting off what happened for you to get steamed up for that long too like it's one thing to pull over for like 15 20 minutes but at this point this has been almost a whole day ordeal you know literally 
Um, of of course, you know, the deputy was probably like, yeah, this guy is on something. But Bryce passed a field sobriety test. Oh, my God. Um, you know, the next thing the deputy asked him was, do you have any drugs or alcohol in his car? Which mm-hmm. was a Toyota Highlander. Um, Bryce said he didn't. And he agreed to have his vehicle searched. And nothing. Like, they found nothing. This is like Twilight Zone. Mm, yeah, that's the yeah. best word for it. Mm-hmm. Which I was watching the other day, and it scared me, and I had I had to stop. I had to turn it to the gold. The um, what it what is that show? The Golden Girls. The Golden Girls. Yes, <laughs> I had to get my mind off of that. But um, I guess I don't, I don't understand this. I don't understand it, and it's actually making me upset. It's so cre- like th- this is what's so funny. Like true crime, I can listen, read, watch this stuff all day. But the second we get into the territory of, like you said, the twilight zone, the unknown, that's where I draw the line. <laughs> I don't. It it freaks me out. Like it's it's called the unknown for a reason. We don't need to know. <laughs> so, you know, like I said, the law enforcement they searched his car. Nothing came up. According to them, they felt like he was okay to continue on his way. But they asked Bryce to speak with his mother first. Um, Because, as you know, Karen was very sick. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, at this point, Bryce was, like, standing outside of his car. The law enforcement, they were, like, wrapping up their search. And Bryce called his mother, Karen. And Karen asked Bryce, what were you doing? And he responded that he was, you know, just, he responded very nonchalant. He was like, nothing, you know, just, just putting the stuff back in my car because the officers just searched it. Like, just, just very, like, casual. Casual. Like, what? Oh, my God. Okay. Like, what, what part of this is casual, you know? He's been sitting in that car all day. All day. Not contacting anybody. So... You know, of course, Karen is like, well, what's going on? Like, why why are you still in Buttonwillow? Like, you should have been home hours ago. And according to Karen, Bryce claimed he was only there because he'd planned to meet up with friends. Who these friends were is unknown. That was never, there was never any confirmed reports if he did have friends in that area. Um or another question, if he supposedly was there waiting to meet up with friends, why was he waiting so long? <laughs> why, like, if, if you really truly were meeting up with a friend, why would your friend have you waiting there for, like, the entire day? <laughs> what is going on? Like, this is weird. This is weird. Like, okay, first off, Karen mom of the year you know good and well that this situation is some scooby-doo type stuff Mm -hmm. you need to go as quick as you can to your son's how come she hasn't hopped in the car yet to go see him i will i will say jumped in that car i would have i would have jumped in that car the second he was not at that house the the time he wasn't there yeah, like the the first time, right? 
the, gone. But uh, where you at? Oh, I would have zoomed to him. So okay, so you know what? I really am not gonna go. I'm not I'm, okay. This is my opinion. Okay. I, if my if my child if my child was behaving in such an odd way, I could sense that something was wrong, whether it be his tone, whether it be just, you know, any weird type of stuff, all that stuff that happened, all of that would have told, as a parent, I would would have been like, something is off with my child. Right. Every single situation that happened, I mean, back-to-back situations that, that, this has been what, I mean, at this point, we're going on an entire day of this. I would have been in that car so fast. I mean, there would have been no conversation. You stay in that spot and I'm coming to you. And I will meet you there. And that's it. I know. I'm telling you, like, the very first time I heard this story, that was probably one of the first questions that popped into my head was like, they, if the parents knew his exact, exact location, you know, why didn't they go to him? Um, you know, and it's one of those things, like I said, I, I will never be a victim blamer. Right, um, right. I'm going to play devil's advocate here. It could be one of those situations where as a parent, you said, like you said, you know, when something's off with exactly. your child, but it could have also been one of those situations where they didn't want to believe it, where, you know, they're like, okay, like something, something's off here. Something's weird, but it could just be simply, like you said, he's blowing off steam. Maybe he's just relaxing. Like you, you never really truly want to believe that something could actually be wrong with your child. But it, 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 it really does bring that, bring up that question though. Like I said, um, cause it's bizarre, just bizarre. So, you know, like I said, at this point, law enforcement had already, searched his car, nothing came up. Bryce spoke to his mother, claimed he was only there because he was going to meet up with supposed friends. So at this point, the deputies left, assuming that Bryce would soon drive home because he said he would, right? So Hmm. fast forward a couple hours into the night at this point. At this point, we're probably around like eight or nine. Christian... You remember Christian, right? Yeah. The, the employee of the tire shop. Yes. That night, Christian noticed that he'd missed a call from Karen. I guess with Karen contacting him earlier in the day, she still had his number. Mm-hmm. So Christian called her back and Karen was kind of panicked. And she was like, Christian, Bryce still wasn't home. Oh, my God. Oh, my yeah, so Christian offered to once again look for him and report back if he found something. So ultimately, Christian found Bryce right where the police officers had left him not that long ago. Sally. Still in that exact same spot. Um, that's it today. It was so great. Um, <laughs> Thanks for tuning we'll in. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> What is going on? What is this like? Okay, I feel like I'm in like the Saw game. Like I have to, I have to figure out like the, 
the riddle or whatever in order to break free of like the chains and stuff i again what what is this what when christian found him it was the same eerie scenario just (laughs) sitting there in silence what like like i okay i have chills right now i don't know if it's because i'm I'm just cold or this is legitimately freaking me out like what i'm i need to under okay this this he has been sitting in this car all day all day like telling multiple people okay i'm going his mom okay i'm i'm leaving i'm going to be there soon but hasn't moved the muscle just staring off just in the car just you know so at this point this is what this is christian's third time third time mm-hmm. third time you know the first time took him the gas the second time was when karen sent him like hey can you go check third time yeah again karen sent him so at this point christian is like okay like he kind of scolded him in a way he was like dude like your mom is weird sick about you like you got to get on the road you got to get home so christian told him he needed to start driving home he even offered to follow along behind bryce in his own car bryce agreed like do you see that's the thing too is that between christian and the deputies anytime they spoke to bryce like Bryce was very coherent with his responses. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. I, like, I, I am, he, he's, he's 100% sober. Yeah. He has, he's not impaired in any kind of way. No, I mean, they, like I said, he passed a sobriety test not that long before. He has just, he, he has the gas. Mm-hmm. He has just chosen to sit in his car. Nobody knows why, and he, but he's still behaving air quotes normally, and he's being he's cooperating. Like I, there's no type of he like he's not saying anything off, you know that would be concerning. He's not acting in a weird way or hostile right. or whatever. He's being air quotes normal and willing to okay then why are you sitting in the car eggs i was like what okay so (laughs) after christian told him like get on the road i will follow behind you bryce agreed and christian followed him for 10 miles before Christian pulled over to call Karen and let her know Bryce is now on Interstate 5 and headed their way. You know, so at this point, Christian is like, all right, you know, like, I I finally got him on the road. I saw it with my own eyes. Like, he'll be home soon. So, um, So now we're into the early morning hours of August 30th, right? Okay. So Mm -hmm. at 12.30 a.m. on August 30th, uh, Bryce stopped at a gas station to get a soda. He was seen on camera. His phone was pinged. 
20 minutes later, Karen called him and Bryce didn't answer. Fast forward another like half an hour at 1.50 a.m. on August 30th, his parents called him again. And this time he picked up. Of course, you know, they're like, hello, where are you? <laughs> like, why, you know, why are you not here yet? However, he was very evasive in his responses to their questions and refused to give them any clues or answers to his precise location, claiming that there were no signs in the area and that it was too dark to see any landmarks. You know, I guess it was just odd, again, that he was just being very, very vague, you know, not wanting to, I guess his parents, when they finally got him on the phone, they were like, okay, like, if you're not home, like, well, well, where are you? Like, how much longer? And he was like, well, you know, I'm still in the car, I'm, you know, in the road, just, just being very vague with his answers. Now, to settle their worries a little bit, Bryce did tell his parents, Karen and Michael, that according to his GPS, he should be home around 3.30 that morning. <laughs> That's what he said. He spoke to his parents one final time at 2.09 a.m. And he told them that he was tired and he planned to pull over and take a nap. According to Karen and Michael, they thought this was actually a good idea, considering that he hadn't slept for at least a day. Because he was sitting in the car. That... <laughs> Doing nothing. Doing nothing. I'm sorry. I'm just. Eyes, bloodshot, doing nothing, just sitting there. But. At this point, you know, like he, he was on the way home, like he was legitimately on the way home, gave his parents a GPS estimate and everything. So, again, he was expected to be home around 3.30 a.m. So finally, his parents are able to like breathe a little bit, I guess. They're like, OK, you know, like whatever he's going through, he's over it. He's 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 coming home. So they wake up. The following morning, Karen and Michael, to the sound of their doorbell. Assuming that Bryce was finally home, they ran to the door to greet him. However, they were surprised to find a police officer from the Carolina, the Carolina, the California <laughs> Highway Patrol standing there instead. He asked them if they owned 2003 Beige Toyota Highland. And Karen and Michael explained that it belonged to their son. Of course, you know, they're like, why? What's going on? Like, wh what are all these questions? So the highway patrol officer went on to tell them that that Toyota Highlander was found abandoned at the bottom of a 25-foot embankment near Castaic Lake at 5.30 that morning. What? It was discovered lying on its side with a broken rear windshield. The authorities believed that Bryce had broken the window after the crash in order to get out. His wallet, cell phone, and laptop were still inside. How is that sitting with you? Okay. 
how did okay one how what the you said 25 foot 25 foot I don't understand, like, what is this? I mean, how did that even happen? What, if he was like, was this like his whole plan? Like, he spent an entire day conjuring up, like, he was creating a plan and that was his plan to leave his car in that area and then get out and run off somewhere? But I'm like, for what 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 is right. what are all these like games that he's playing because i'm like look i'm i'm gonna go into my um my investigator i'm, I'm gonna put on my investigator fbi suit okay um <laughs> people okay if you are coming up with a plan like whether it be to you know actually execute something like you know murder or a robbery whatever you usually don't play the games that he was playing right you know like if you're on the run or if you you're trying to go through with your plan you're trying to be on the low whatever why would he have all these people up in his grill by still have by still communicating with them and telling them abc you remain in the same spot all day that's only creating more um, concern from everybody. So now everybody is really all up in your business. That's why I'm like, I say all that to say, I don't think that there was an actual, like he wasn't working towards anything. Like, did he do this because he had a mental breakdown? Mm-hmm. I, and it was more like mental, yeah. like psychological I was going to say, what if, you know, all that time that he just spent sitting in his car, what if all that time he was just sitting there contemplating what he was preparing to do, which we'll never really know. But that is just so creepy to me. But why did you do, like, why did he do that? Like, I mean, you, your car is now, (laughs) okay, okay. I think what what am I I'm trying to be like what I was trying to say because I felt like I that was just a bunch of gibberish. <laughs> um, if you are trying to go through with something, mm-hmm. whatever it is, you would be more calculated. And I feel like all these things were super random and there was no type of structure. Right. It was just like oh, I'm just going to sit here all day and, you know, I'm going to reassure my parents that I'm on the way home and, you know, I'm going to cooperate with everybody. But, um, yeah, it's like, that's not uh, the mindset of somebody who is planning something and trying to, like, actually get something done. That's the mind of somebody who, like you said, is contemplating something. Yes, and they're just not, I mean, for lack of better words, they're just not all the way there mentally. Yeah, no, that's, that's what, um, you know, a lot of, and I mean, I can kind of like jump into some of the theories here in a bit, but 
that's one of like the main things is that he could have been suffering from some sort of a mental break. Mm. It's, I mean, there's just so many things pointing to that, you know, starting from going back a couple days when he was still at college, you know, just randomly out of the blue, giving away his valuables, right? you know, those, that weird text message to his roommates, um, you know, just being very cryptic with his mother saying like, I, I really got to talk to you guys about something, you know, and then just the extremely odd behavior in the car. And then now his car being found at the bottom of a 25 foot embankment. <laughs> so it's just, you know, and as I mentioned, his wallet, cell phone, laptop were still inside. They did find two small drops of what turned out to be Bryce's blood were found as well. Two, just two small drops. One drop on the passenger's seat's headrest and the other in the back seat. This, to investigators, this seemed to indicate he may have sustained only minor injuries. You know, though it's possible he also had internal injuries. I mean, from a crash like that, you know? I mean, really? That is, yeah. I And again, I'm going to link it, um, you know, in our Instagram and our Reddit post. The pictures, there were pictures of how the car was found on its side. It's a, it's a pretty, pretty steep drop. I mean, 25 feet. 25 feet. You know, so around the crash site, Bryce was nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. A little ways away from the car, they did, however, find an unzipped duffel bag. From what I saw, <laughs> there was there was nothing in the bag. They theorized that he had opened it up to grab something before leaving. However, what he may have taken with him and why he left so many other important items behind is still a mystery. Mm. So, you know, investigators, they started just overall checking out the crash scene and examination of the tire tracks revealed one of the more troubling questions of the accident. The tire tracks showed that he, and if I'm not mistaken, there was like some sort of camera footage, like from a little bit of a distance, that actually showed him going up and down this path leading up to the embankment a few times. Mm. It seemed like he was just kind of like, again, I don't know if it was going back to what we said, contemplating, like he was going back. But ultimately, the tire tracks did show that the final time when he was descending this hill, he actually accelerated. Mm. Yep, leading many to wonder if he intentionally caused this crash. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. Like, he was definitely... Yep, going back and forth with himself. Like, do I want to do this? Yeah. And then he did it. So, mm-hmm. so you know, of course, at this point, they start a search operation. This included officers on foot, horseback, you know, officers on horseback, four-wheelers, divers, bloodhounds, cadaver dogs, 
the whole nine. Like they were trying to find Bryce. So the canine search team actually tracked Bryce's scent down down Lake Hughes Road to a gas station and truck stop. But right there is where his scent ended. You know, so of course people are like, was he picked up? Right. That could be another possibility. Um, they did search through and around Castaic Lake, which has a maximum depth of depth of three hundred feet. Um, and there were no signs. There were no signs of Bryce found. Um, the only other information they had at this point was, as I mentioned, security camera footage that showed Bryce driving down Lake Hughes Road at two fifteen a.m just minutes after the last phone call he had with his mom, Karen, when he told her he was going to take a nap. So they saw him driving down that road. And then I guess he, you know, kind of went off road, went, went around. And then he was seen again at 429 driving down the same road. And I think it was at that point when he just drove right off, but accelerated this time. So mm. they theorized that that first run he did around two in the morning was just, you know, checking it out, doing that dry run, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. about an hour and a half later is when he did it again. But this time, like full speed. Oh, my gosh. So where's Bryce? You know, people are asking all these questions um, on September 4th, 2013. Just a few days after Bryce went missing, police responded to reports of a fire near Castaic Lake, which was very close to Bryce's last known location. Mm-hmm. When they arrived, they were shocked to find charred human remains. Get out of here. Yeah. Of, of course, being that Bryce's story was so fresh, everybody was like, that's him. Like, we found it, case closed, it was him. After investigations, it was ultimately determined that they did not belong to Bryce. What? Um, I do, I do remember seeing like a small little like show or like YouTube channel or something that had more information on the background of the man who was found. Um, I didn't, I didn't include it in my research, but ultimately, it was not Bryce. It just happened to be another very unfortunate homicide that happened to be in the same area where Bryce went missing. So the Las Pisas, Karen and Michael, the parents, you know, they, they gave law enforcement enough time to do their own search. Bryce never came up. Nothing came up. They hired their own private investigator. Unfortunately, that investigator failed to turn up any new evidence. However, the private investigator concluded that Bryce likely suffered a head injury during the accident, and he theorized that he could have potentially had amnesia, and that led him to wander away disoriented. Mm. So in 2015, about two years after his disappearance, Karen and Michael hired a sonar specialist to conduct yet another search of Castaic Lake, but that yielded nothing relevant to Bryce's case. 
There have been many unconfirmed sightings of Bryce over the years, reported in states like Oregon, California, Texas. However, in the years since he vanished, there have been no activity on Bryce's bank account, credit card, social security number, passport, etc. Wow. Initially, the police believed that Bryce took his own life as his behavior in the days leading up to his disappearance indicated the possibility of suicidal thoughts. Um, They also believed it was possible he decided to walk away from his life and start over elsewhere. His parents never entertained that theory that their son willingly chose to flee his life and family. Um, a, A quote from his mother, Karen, she said, he never ran away from home. There was never any problem big enough that would make Bryce literally want to walk away from his life. He loved us too much and we love him too. I mean, this is so beyond sad. It's sad. It's eerie. It's eerie. Um, It's confusing. It's kind of, again, I don't, I don't want to sit here and put the blame on somebody. Um, As I mentioned earlier, Christian, you know, the employee of the tire shop that helped out with the gas, to be honest, he did a lot. I mean, he checked on Bryce three separate times, you know, like he, that he was just doing that out of the goodness of his own heart. He was not obligated. I mean, when Karen called him the second time, he could have easily been like, not my problem, you know, and went about his day. But I will say the police officers, when they found him in Button Willow, he at that point was literally reported missing by his parents because they hadn't heard from him and the police found him like they found him alive and well I truly feel like they could have or should have escorted him somewhere Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that they should have escorted him like the what like two or three hours to Laguna Niguel maybe they don't have the resources for that but like this was a very troubling scene already and being you know the fact that Bryce kept telling people time and time again, yes, I'm coming and would never move. The fact that they asked him, like, are you going to go home? He said, yep, yep, I'm on the way. And they were like, okay, cool. And just left him. You know, I feel like they could have potentially done a little bit more. I agree. I will always feel like that. Um, I think that they definitely missed several opportunities to do that I would have been like I would have been like if you don't get in my car Mm -hmm. and and I'm gonna take you straight to your parents because you are demonstrating like signs of something else Mm -hmm. I would have I would have never just allowed him to look me in my face and tell me that he was okay and everything was fine like you have been sitting in your car all day like just staring off, like your parents are concerned. You have yet to move. You you obviously are not interested in making any effort to get to their house. Um. So how about I take you, and yeah. we just we just you know kill all of this because, man, 
that is just so so like now what like their parents I mean ever since it happened they they've just accepted like hey our son could literally still be somewhere alive or I mean yeah his his parents um specific, specifically his mom I mean they have a find Bryce Pizza Facebook page um you know like they're like I know when it initially happened, they had billboards. Like, she keeps his name out in the media a lot. Um, and I did actually find a most recent update. Um, so, that find Bryce Lispisa Facebook page um, in 2002 reported a credible sighting of Bryce in Missoula, Montana. A photo of the man who appeared to be a carbon copy of an older disheveled Bryce went viral online. Now I will say, I did try to find this picture. I mm-hmm. searched and searched for like 30 minutes and I cannot find this supposed picture of the man who people thought, you know, was Bryce. Mm-hmm. Um, Detective Ethan Smith investigated this lead, actually tracking down this man, but they were able to verify his identity and it is not Bryce. <sighs> Um, even the detective himself said, he said, it, I was astounded by the resemblance between the two. So, you know, what happened to Bryce after his accident remains a mystery. However, police do not think he died from his injuries in the accident. They do think that he may have had some sort of a head injury, though. Um and that could have affected it. And as I mentioned, I will put pictures on the Reddit and Instagram. But Bryce is a very striking young man. He is a little more on the pale side. And he has bright red hair. Like, mm-hmm. he's a ginger. So, you know, that's why I'm like, he, he doesn't look like someone you would commonly come across. Mm-hmm. So I really truly think that you know maybe like I said with his scent, um, not being able to be picked up after that truck stop, like maybe he just fell into the hands of a bad person. Because I truly feel like if he was really seen there, somebody would have reported it. Exactly. Oh my gosh! Well, girl, that is the very unfortunate and eerie unsolved disappearance of Bryce Lespisa. I don't even know. Like, I, I, I hope that I hope that his parents um, have found some type of acceptance. Yeah. You know, that's really all I can say. Um, but I think this whole situation, I'm left with a gigantic question mark. Yes, I, and I saw in a report, I don't know if it's still accurate um, to this day, but uh, Karen and Michael have remained in that same house just in the case that he were to come back home one day. Mm. It's so heartbreaking to me. Wow. Yep. Well, I am gonna get us wrapped up here. Oh, that was that was quite a story. <laughs> quite the story. 
quite the story. Well, as we always say, this is your daily reminder that you cannot trust anyone. Thanks for tuning in and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.